It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. BDPAI Radio showcases IT entrepreneurs, technology experts, and computer science academics. We highlight people with a passion for educating our youth in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. BDPAI Radio Show serves the BDPA members, sponsors, entrepreneurs, educational institutions, and the black community. BDPAI Radio, linking business education, and technology. Well, welcome to the BDPAI Radio Show. I'm your host, Fran McNeil, and tonight is Tuesday, August the 13th, 2013. And guess what? It is the first night of the 35th National BDPA Conference. So if you aren't in D.C., you still have time to get there. Now, we've got three exciting guests tonight. Our first guest is Mac Joyner, who is a software engineer with Texas Instruments. Our second guest is Chris Jackson, who is chief of staff at Deloitte. And our third guest is our one and only Pamela Sexton, conference director and VP of strategy and planning with National BDPA. So sit back and relax and get ready to be informed. What I'd like to do is read a little bit about our first guest, who is Matt Joyner. And his, um, his background is really very, very interesting. Seventeen years ago, he was a high school senior trained by BDPA Kansas City Chapter to compete in the National BDPA High School Computer Competition Championship. And he's going to tell us a little bit more about that experience and how we got involved with BDPA. And after several years, he actually um, attended Rice University he completed that application as a result of uh, the participation in the computer competition. And the experience at Rice led to a number of doors opening, including the opportunity to complete his PhD in computer science at Rice University. So Dr. Joyner uh, has research interests which include developing compilation strategies for object-oriented languages in high-performance scientific computing. Now, what I'd like to do is welcome Dr. Joyner. Dr. Joyner, how are you this evening? Good. Thank you for having me on. Oh, it is it is really our pleasure. You know, it's um, we were sort of talking a little bit earlier before the show that the high school computer competition is one of three major reasons that people consistently volunteer and corporate sponsors get very, very excited about the organization. So often one of my first questions is, how did you find out about BDPA? And I'm wondering if you could sort of take us back to um, what got you involved in BDPA. Sure. So when I was a high school junior, I had a, a good friend of mine uh, who was a high school classmate, and he actually introduced me to uh, BDPA. Uh, he told me about this opportunity to uh, learn about um, uh, computers and learn about um, competing at a national level uh, with BDPA. And so he said three things that interested me. He, he talked about computers, which I was interested in. He talked about a national competition, which I was definitely interested in. And then he mentioned that it would be in Atlanta. And so in the 90s, Atlanta was the place to go. And so those three things got me excited, and I decided that I would join him uh, on the Kansas City team to uh, compete for an opportunity uh, to uh, go to Atlanta with the Kansas City chapter. And what was that like? 
I was it was actually pretty exciting um, because uh, we would you know we get together as a team a uh, few times a month on the Saturday and at the time I wasn't familiar with Visual Basic and so it was you know all of us were essentially starting from scratch and so you know they spent you know our our, our leaders spent a lot of time training us and getting us prepared and so it was exciting as we were uh, working up until you know the day when we would leave Kansas City to go to Atlanta and I had never been to Atlanta before and so I was excited about the opportunity to to compete and represent you know Kansas City at a national level and how did your experience preparing for the competition, being at the conference, and and just being part of the BDPA organization shape you as a high schooler? I think uh, the number one thing it did is it, it definitely re- reaffirmed uh, the fact that I definitely wanted to compute, uh, pursue computer science when I got to college. You know, I spent the whole summer training for uh, the competition. And the whole summer I was excited about it. I was excited about learning. I was excited about learning more about Visual Basic. And it really reaffirmed uh, my desire to uh, pursue uh, computer science um, going into college at Rice University. And so I would definitely say that it, it set a really good foundation and uh, in, in kind of reaffirmed uh, the fact that it going into computer science and going into technology was something that I was definitely going to do. Hmm. So walk us a little bit through, you made that decision, you were, you were excited um, about the opportunity to go to college and major in computer science. Um, when you were pursuing that major, were you still involved in PDPA? You know, how... How did the actual experience of being a computer science major match up to um, your hopes and dreams of attaining that that degree? So I, I would say I wasn't, like after the competition, um, I wasn't directly involved. Now, I would say after the competition, you know, I, I began to apply to schools and I, you know, put on my application that I was part of the BDPA, I was part of this national competition, and, you know, I didn't realize the significance of the competition at the time, but it wasn't until I went uh, on a campus tour of Rice University after I had been accepted my senior year, and I came down, and I was just visiting the campus for uh, a couple of days, and I ran into an admission officer, and they said, hey... I, I I recognize your name. You're you're the guy who uh, did that computer competition. I was like, yeah, and I was amazed that they remembered me based on that competition, and they basically said your application stood out uh, from others because you had participated uh, in the competition itself, and that's what made your application stand out for others. Wow, that is phenomenal. And and we're, you know, on this show, I hear so many great stories from people around the competition. Um, and that is, that's an important one to share with students and parents as well as sponsors, that the experience gives students a competitive edge in the application process. Definitely. So you competed, you completed um, your undergraduate degree, and then you decided to pursue a PhD. Tell us a little bit about that and um, how that maybe you know influenced what you then did uh, after graduating with your doctorate. Sure. So. Um as you said, I decided to pursue a PhD after my undergraduate degree uh, in computer science. I've always had a a desire and a love for teaching, and so I decided to pursue a, a PhD primarily because of that reason. And you know, again, an opportunity was opened uh, at Rice University uh, to pursue that PhD, and so that's where I, I ended up. Uh, obtaining my PhD was from Rice University about five years ago. And 
Now, upon completing my degree, I decided to join Texas Instruments as a software engineer. And I also uh, teach on the side, so I teach uh, computer science at Texas Southern University as an adjunct faculty member. And as you're teaching and working, um, what are you seeing in students today and in terms of their interest in technology, their acceptance of technology? What are some of the trends that you're seeing um, in technology students today? So I work at, uh, when I teach, I work at Texas Southern University, which is a historically black uh, college university. And so the interesting thing there is that you do see students that are interested and they're motivated, um, but a lot of times they don't have uh, the training at an early age. And so there's a lot of, you know, catch-up that has to uh, go on because they they just haven't had the opportunities, they haven't had the experience, and they haven't had things like BDPA uh, to train them and get them prepared uh, for uh, college courses. And so a lot of times, because I teach, I teach primarily an intro to computer science course. You know, a lot of times it's 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 helping them to catch up to speed on on where they should be. And so that's what I see um, with working at Texas Southern University. Hmm. Now, some of our listeners, um, as will be high school students who, and often uh, college students are listening, um, can you share a little bit about what you do as a software engineer and how your educational experience prepared you for that position? Sure. So I am uh, the lead of what's called the uh, compiler uh, group, uh, the support uh, compiler support group. And what we do is the compiler is basically a software application that takes as input a program and produces an output, a, a better program. And so sometimes what happens is, um, as engineers, we don't always do that correctly. And so we make mistakes, and we send those mistakes out into the field into our customers, and then what happens is our customers alert us and say, hey, we found we found a, a mistake here. Uh, can you fix it? And so my primary uh, responsibility is to, uh, when those requests come in, I have to, uh, you know, prioritize uh, which ones are the most important, and then we fix them based on priority. And so we have customers all over the world, uh, China, uh, Germany, uh, Toronto, uh, so we have to, you know, support all of those customers, and, you know, they, of course, expect us to fix all their problems the next day, and so we have to uh, work with them, uh, let them know, you know, when exactly we're going to have something uh, fixed for them and out the door, uh, and so we have to keep our customers happy. So I, I spend a lot of time, you know, managing expectations of customers and, and working with uh, my team to coordinate uh, who's going to work on what and when it's going to be available um, and you know, making sure that uh, we meet the proper deadlines based on expectations that we've laid out for our customers. So it sounds like your responsibilities definitely involve technology and leadership and communication skills and project management skills um, are all also very, very important. Right. And you learn a lot of those things, you know, as even at the uh, the BDPA uh, competition, you learn how to, you know, there, you know, when I was on the competition, I don't know if it's changed in 17 years, but there were a number of problems that we had to solve in a limited time frame, and that's the exact same thing that you face in industry. You have a, a number of problems that you need to solve, and you have a limited time to solve those problems. And so as a group, then, you have to strategize who's going to work on what and, and how can we get the most work done in the shortest amount of time and make sure that it's done well. And, and that's pretty much the scenario that uh, we had at the national competition. 
So I, I really think it prepares you uh, for industry. So when you look back at BDPA, and again, tonight is the start of the national conference, um, when you look back at your BDPA experience and kind of project forward, what are some of the skills and talents that you hope that high school students will develop so that, um, you know, eight years, ten years, when they enter the work world after getting their master's or optional uh, training, um, that, they'll, that they'll have and that they're able to kind of hit the ground running and get the best experience for themselves as a professional and also contribute effectively um, in the technology field. So, so essentially, what, what skills do you think high school students and college students should work on um, sure. So I think, you know, from the competition, when I look back um, 17 years ago and where I am now, I think number one was really learning how to solve difficult problems in a team environment. And so sometimes what you'll find is there are people who are have um, maybe a specialized skill set to solve one type of problem. And so you know, one of the things you do is you have to figure out, okay, I have this big problem or I have a lot of problems. I've got to figure out how can we efficiently and effectively solve these problems quickly. And so one is just you learn how to communicate uh, with your your team, um, how to rally around a problem that is difficult. Uh, Sometimes you don't know initially how to solve it, and so you're talking about, okay, what are the possible solutions, okay, this is a possible solution. Is that the best design? Um, Is that a a solution that is going to be effective, you know, a a year from now? Are we going to have to uh, take that solution and then essentially redo it? So you learn how to, you know, you solve the problem, but you solve it in the right way. And I think that was one of the things that, you know, I, I learned uh, in part at BDPA, uh, the competition itself, is we were given problems and you'd look at it and you'd say, okay, who can solve this the quick, quickest because we've got to develop the work? And then are we solving, are we attacking the problem in the right way? So you learn problem-solving skills. You learn how to delegate. Uh, you learn how to communicate. Um, and, you know, you, you learn how to take, if you're not the one who's, giving the direction or or delegating, then you you learn how to uh, take uh, advice uh, from, you know, team members and and listen to, you know, what team members have to say. And and then, you know, maybe you're implementing uh, something based on their advice. And so it it, it really teaches you how to be a team. It teaches you uh, how to communicate. It teaches you how to be a leader. Uh, It teaches you how to uh, solve problems. And I think those are the things that I learned, you know, 17 years ago that I think still are very applicable today. Wow, that's, that is so, that's so exciting. What, what do you see? I mean, we're in August of 2013, and, mm-hmm. of course, technology is always evolving. Um, what are right. some of the technology trends that you see on the horizon that regardless of who the iRadio show audiences, whether a member or a sponsor or a parent or a high school student or college student, what are some technology trends that folks need to be aware of? And and if they're TI-based, that's fine. Um, But, uh, you know, what what should people um, be thinking about and why? Sure. So there's um, a a term called multi-core computing. And what it is is, so there was a time when you could increase uh, the performance of a central processing unit or a CPU or a processor. You could increase the performance of that processor by just adding transistors. Um, And so you would have one processor. You can 
constantly add more and more transistors, and that processor would um, would be faster. And about every 18 months, you would see that the the performance of a CPU would uh, roughly double in terms of uh, speed. Well, there a, a problem happened uh, physics where you know there's only so many transistors that you can put on a single chip. And so now what's happening is that people are recognizing I can't get more performance by putting more transistors on the chip. So what I've got to do is actually add more chips. And so multi-core is that where you're putting more processors in one computer and then you're getting the performance by um, having multiple processors uh, work simultaneously. And so you'll see a lot of times, especially in academia, in in the tech, technology side, you'll see a lot of people when they're going for grants, they're 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 somehow trying to throw in that term multi-core processing because they know that that's a hot topic. And so I would say that's one of the things that people need to to know about and understand. Great. So Mac, as we wrap up the interview. Um, what's the final thought that you'd like to leave our audience with? I mean, you you really uh, gave us a nice explanation and, and sharing of your VDPA um, high school computer competition experience. You talked a little bit about your college experience, what you're doing currently, shared with us a little bit about technology. What would you like to leave our audience with? Uh, so first, I, I, I'd like to say that I'm I'm extremely grateful for the opportunity to be a part of BDPA and and for the doors that they helped open or you helped open. And so I first want to say thank you uh, for the opportunity. I am very grateful for that. And the other thing I, w- I would say I would, would like to leave you with is at TI, and I'll try to be brief, but at TI we've had three layoffs in five years. And so I, I've noticed that there's a couple of keys to trying to avoid being laid off. Uh, one is you want to make sure that not only are you working on the things that at the time are needed, but the things that are important. And the second thing that I, I've noticed is that it's important to work on a diversity of things because sometimes the thing that is important today is not important tomorrow. And so if that is the primary thing that you're working on a lot of times, then, you know, that person will be the person that gets laid off. And so I I would leave, you know, uh, viewers with um, you make sure whatever you're doing, you're working on something that's important and you have a diversity of of skill sets and things that you're working on. Well, that is very, very powerful um, advice. And one of the – it's a really nice tie-in – one of the benefits of being a BDPA member, and that is on a monthly basis um, and even sometimes on a weekly basis, uh, depending on your chapter, members have access to technical uh, development, professional development, um, opportunities to network, um, opportunities to volunteer. And so within the BDPA family, um, they have a chance to take um, skills that they are developing at work and leverage them, and then also take skills and experiences that they've developed from BDPA and put that back into their work so that they do um, actually have the opportunity to work on what's important at work and work on a diversity of things. So that's really wonderful, wonderful advice. Um, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, congratulations again for really a phenomenal uh, journey. You know, we, we talked about at BDPA, um, you know, it's from the classroom to the boardroom and it's from the classroom really to leadership opportunities. So thank you for the work that you're doing, inspiring our young people and um, contributing to thought leadership and technology. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Well, have a great evening, and uh, we look forward to having you back on the show uh, on the show at another time. Thank you. Mm-hmm.
And what we're going to do now is take a brief break. We're going to hear from one of our sponsors. And when we come back, we will interview our second guest, Chris Jackson. What do Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, and Mark Zuckerberg have in common? They all learned computer coding before high school. Fun Mutation has taught more than 1,000 kids to code through their summer tech camp.
and I'll touch on that, I think, probably later to the conversation, but for, for terms of definition, the post-digital age is, if you think about the industrial age, uh, when you know, a series of events happened, manufacturing, process the railways, they sparked a growth, a rapid growth through our country. Well, if you think about that from a technology standpoint, we're really entering a stage where you've got five elements that are happening concurrently. So think about mobility uh, and, and cloud, cloud technology, uh, social business, if you will, social, social networking, social business, uh, the advent of analytics, as well as you know, security and cyber intelligence. So those, each of those trends in and of themselves are disruptive on a, on a very large scale. But we happen, happen to have a confluence of where all these things are happening concurrently and creating a true change that's altering the way in which we do business. And I'll talk about that, I'm sure, through the course of the conversation. So I so wanted to give that context, and that's, that's one of the things that I'll hope to cover at a little bit through the conference uh, and through other dealings with BDPA in the future. Mm. Oh, that's, that's wonderful. Now, you know, that is... You know, to be a workshop presenter requires you to gain expertise. You mentioned um, at the start of the interview that you were with Microsoft. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your pro uh, career progression and how you got into the role as Chief of Staff for Deloitte? Sure. Um background just for take a conversation fairly quickly. Uh, Ten years in the Air Force. Uh, from there, I took a job with EDS, Electronic Data Systems. At the time, they had a tremendous technology training program that taught me networking, project management, software development, uh, RAD and ZAD design, which gave me a great foundation and largely was why I was recruited away to Microsoft. I went from Microsoft to Ernst & Young, uh, left Ernst & Young to start a company which we started and sold in a dot-com uh, time, a company called Proficient now. Uh, and then to KPMG slash Bearing Point and came to Deloitte about five years ago through an acquisition. Uh, it's Bearing, uh, Deloitte bought one of Bearing Point's practices and Pricewaterhouse bought the other part of uh, Bearing Point. So that's kind of how I got here. Uh, the Chief of Staff role has grown out of uh, some work that I did for Deloitte for the Americas region around mid-market private company initiatives. I did a strategy project for our, who is my boss, who's now our national technology leader. Uh, or practice leader for consulting, uh, and was asked to stay on operationalize that strategy. So, therefore, I was pulled into the chief of staff role. Mm -hmm. And what are some of the you, – you talked about the trends that are influencing um, the cloud. What are some of the trends – and Mac touched on trends that he saw. What are some of the trends that your – seeing that BDPA members, uh, particularly those that are interested in furthering, furthering their career within technology, um, need to, to pay attention to and also how should they pay attention to those trends so that, you know, that, that furthers their career and or their personal development? Uh, well, as I mentioned, there are a number of factors that are changing what, what I would say, you know, changing the business environment to a new normal. But, but specifically, I guess, I'll, let, me, let me think about it from a, a recruiting standpoint. So what skills are going to be most in demand in the next several years? Uh, because they will follow along those trends. And there's some very exciting things happening. So from a technology standpoint, I, I think getting skills within analytics, uh, any aspect of analytics, but the, the, the demand and need is going to be there for data analytics. So it requires you to have an understanding of database technologies, an understanding of how to manipulate and program uh, those, 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 that information, but also an understanding of business uh, and how to interpret that information because businesses are moving towards what we call predictive analytics, meaning that I can now manage my business predictively through a series of metrics and data that I already have access to in my corporation, but I may not understand actually how to use it and what that data itself means. So that's one area uh, that I'd say. Now, there's a confluence of, you know, what we call mobile computing and what I call social mobile computing. Uh, and, and that's changing the dynamic of how people interact with their customers. So, so a new skill that I, I think we're seeing more are people that understand clearly customer-facing uh, processes as well as the supporting technologies to enable those processes. 
that tend to be there within that aspect of the business environment. Certainly security, is, uh, as anyone knows that watches the Sun News, is an area that I think is a trend area that's certainly worth uh, a lot of attention, a lot of focus from our audience in terms of a career path, uh, because it's not going to go away. Uh, Deloitte talks about that in their technology trends report, uh, you know, that call, you know, specifically calls out, you know, security as a growth area and just, you know, no one is going to be hack-proof. Uh, so that's, that's an area that's probably a safe growing area as well. Now, there's one thing that's really exciting for me, and it's not necessarily technology. It's technology-related, but not technology in terms of the BDPA typical structured IT type of technology. But there's 3D printing, and 3D printing is going to be revolutionary. Uh, so getting, being able to understand kind of what that means to the manufacturing environment, because it's going to create and disrupt a number of jobs in the way that we know manufacturing today. Uh, and so that's a technology I would suggest a lot of people follow because that disruption is going to create and destroy a lot of jobs and positions in the process. So understanding that and being able to catch sort of the high cycle as the demand for that skills or those skill sets are, 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 are peak demand, that will ensure job security, you know, certainly good salaries because of the supply and demand issue. Mm. Mm. Now... Speaking of, like focusing on the 3D printing, for example, um, where would someone go to get that training and/or exposure? You know, I, I don't, I don't recall in the interviews that topic coming up, so I don't know if there's a chapter that's right now giving workshops on that, or if there's a certi uh, certification program. So, what are some of your thoughts on that? necessarily an IT-oriented uh, solution. It's, it's a way in which you can say, take a manufacturing part that I can render it in a 3D CAD system and actually print that and create that part from scratch out of the, the 3D dimensional rendering uh, through a, an advanced printing process. So, for example, we had a client that had a part that broke down. They recreated that part uh, on site and were able to actually use it in the interim until they got the part that was the right tolerance that they actually needed. So you think about that. Mm -hmm. What that does is disrupt the entire manufacturing supply chain of how parts are delivered, how they're created, et cetera. So it's very disruptive, but from an IT standpoint, uh, there are elements of it that are IT related, but not directly. But it will create mm -hmm. a shift of how IT is used, a shift of how business is done. So if you think about the importance for our audience, uh, or the BDPA audience, it's understanding business and how we can relate technology to it or to use technology to enable the given business process. And technically, mm -hmm. and both technology and business will be in the most demand and will probably be compensated in the most high band within the marketplace. Mm, very, very exciting. Sounds like a uh, potential topic for the 2014 National Conference. Um, but I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> so... Um, what about some lessons that you've learned along the way that you feel might be helpful for our audience to to know about? Sure, uh, since we've got a broad one. I, I mean, I, I'll give you a couple. Uh, two that are personal mm -hmm. to me that, that my mother and my grandmother used to tell me. My great-grandmother, uh, Marty Lyons, used to tell me that common sense is not common. Uh, and I've, over my, my years, learned the power and, you know, the, the breadth of that statement. Uh, the other thing my mother taught me that I think has aided me in my career uh, on a number of levels is that it's important at an early age, she, she made sure that I learned as much as I could, and she instilled that on me, to continue to learn and learn as much as you can because no one can take away what you know, and the knowledge that you have can truly be a differentiator. That's important for, you know, people of color to, to be able to kind of break through uh, places that we may not have been able to go. As just now, there are prior guests named his PhD, uh, and clearly I'm sure that's helped him along his career trajectory and in terms of the way he looks at the world around him. So I think that that's an important thing. Uh, but the other thing I'd say is that, uh, you know, try to, try to get a – he touched on a point, point that, that really resonated – Try to get a broad breadth. I mentioned that I'm in technology architecture. So to be a good technology architect or business architect, it requires you to understand a number of different technologies. I've got to understand application development, networking, security, organizational 
elements uh, of IT. I need to understand data. So if you get a good breadth of skills, particularly at the earlier stage of your career, it helps you do a couple things. It helps you understand kind of what you have an affinity for or what you may be really, really good at. Or it helps you understand the breadth of them. So if you want to do strategy work like myself or design work like our prior guest, it also helps you to understand how other aspects are brought in to actually design an entire system as opposed to working on many parts as many of us do in a large corporation or a large corporate setting. Very, very powerful. Now, you, again, you have had a an extended relationship with BDPA. You are at the conference um, this year as a presenter. And when I was speaking with Wayne, he said that you're a technology thought leader because, you know, you're integrating um, again, as you mentioned, uh, solutions, technology, leadership, systems, um, and you're doing it on the strategy side, which is really um, that connector between the business of doing the business and the business of helping your customers because that's why they choose you over someone else. Um, your... Um, you know, as as you look on the horizon and as you counsel um, maybe individuals at Deloitte who might not be part of BDPA or other professionals that are looking for um, ways to um, be more effective in the workplace, why, in your opinion, and or how, are professional organizations like BDPA um, one of the ingredients that can enrich a person's uh, professional development and personal development? Well, BDPA plays a critical role, in my opinion, uh, in, in terms of what I would say the, the IT lifecycle and IT pipeline of future candidates. Uh, BDPAs accept you know, people of color, not just blacks. Uh, the name's a little bit dated, but uh, they accept all people of color as diversity relative to that. And I think that that's important uh, for you know, our global economy. So BDPA starts, at, as our prior guest said, is a good example, a perfect example, actually, for this, this statement. Uh, you know, it allows you to grow and open up opportunities to things that we may not realize or we may not know. Uh, and as a person of color, I grew up you know, fairly disenfranchised, so there were many things I just didn't even know about or wasn't aware. For BDPA is a challenge to introduce kids to many things that they may not see based on their circumstance. Uh, from a corporate standpoint, it's a, it's a good way, uh, as again, as your guess was a good example, prior guess, to, to look at people and kind of tap into talent, future talent, uh, because the high school computer competition, for example, it teaches kids project management, it teaches them software development, it teaches them how to work in a team, which is remarkably important uh, in this global economy. It also teaches them how to present, how to be confident in themselves, and how to you know, complete something start to finish. So those are core skills that corporations look for, and we're getting these kids these things in high school, which makes them, I would argue, much better in a collegiate environment, uh, and certainly if they've done it and built it and been involved through that period, certainly much better employed. So I think BD plays mm -hmm. a very, very critical role. That's that's so exciting to hear. I mean, it's you know, I I, I certainly, as the host of the radio show, um, have a passion and a commitment to BDPA, and and one of the things that is very exciting every second and fourth Tuesday of the month at 8:30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time is I get to hear from a variety of individuals um, who have different types of connections to BDPA and hear how BDPA is important, what role it's played in their life, um, how they're sort of taking it forward through BDPA and the impact that they're able to have within their organization, whether it's entrepreneurially or intrapreneurially, um, whether it's from a technology standpoint standpoint or a leadership standpoint. So it's it's really, really very um exciting. And I definitely appreciate that you're taking some time out of your evening 
um, to share your experiences with us. Uh, Chris, as we wrap up the interview this evening, what's the final thought that you'd like to leave our audience with? Um, I'll say that something I say typically in a class, a, a session I teach uh, through for global competitors. You know, the audience, their competitors are not just in the U.S. The competitors are global. So the students, the people that you're genuinely going to compete with once you finish school, they could be halfway around the world when you look at our kind of disconnected uh, talent economy, if you will. So it's important to, to understand that uh, and don't just bench yourself against those that you may currently be in school with and what you're dealing with. It's also important to try and get the broadest breadth of experience and knowledge that you can. Ask questions. Ask lots and lots of questions. Never be afraid to ask and never be afraid to stop learning because it, there's an economic payoff for that over time. Uh, but two, you'll just grow and be a better contributor to our overall society. Wow. Very, very inspiring. Chris, thank you again for joining us on the show. Have a great time um, learning and contributing and leading at the show. Um, thank you so much for um, getting other folks in Deloitte involved and being a thought leader, uh, being the thought leader that you are. So thank you again for being a guest tonight. Thanks for having me on, Grant. Have a great night. You're welcome. Well, BDPAI radio show listeners, as I mentioned at the top of our show, tonight is the very first night of the 2013 National BDPA Conference. It's being held in Washington, D.C., and it is not too late for you to be there as well. Um, lots of activities going on. As Pamela has shared with us over the last few months, there are opportunities to actually obtain certification in Scrum. There are professional development workshops in leadership, in technology. There are activities for the high school computer competition participants. There's a youth technology conference. There are certainly uh, plenty of networking activities, entertainment activities. There's the Saturday night gala on Saturday afternoon. There's the golf classic. Um, there are a number of very interesting um, plenary luncheons and plenary sessions. The CIO forums this year are open to registrants of the conference, and on Friday and Saturday, for free, we do have the BDPA Career Fair. Um, so there's lots of activity going on. If you are anywhere on the Eastern Seaboard, you can easily jump on Amtrak, um, you can get on Bolt Bus, you can get on Megabus, and get to um, D.C. in literally a matter of hours. And, of course, airplanes fly into D.C. from all over the world. As Chris mentioned, it's a global economy, so make sure that you're checking out your next mentor, your next collaborator, and perhaps your next competitor um, by attending this year's national conference. I'd like to thank again our guest this evening. Our first guest was Mac Joyner, Dr. Mac Joyner, um, who is a software engineer with Texas Instruments, and our second guest, Chris Jackson, who is Chief of Staff at Deloitte. I'm Fran McNeil, and for the entire BDPAI radio team, thank you again for listening, and join us the second and the fourth Tuesday of every month. And since we're just at the second Tuesday, you can tune in on Tuesday, August 27th, and hear us as we talk with our next series of guests. Have a great evening. BDPAI Radio, linking business, education, and technology. The BDPAI Radio Show.
creates a vibrant communications platform that speaks to all BDPA stakeholders. Hosted by Fran McNeil, sponsored by the BDPA Education and Technology Foundation, and the Executive Director, Wayne Hicks. Produced by Everaldo Gallimore. Technical advice by John Melanson. BDPA iRadio broadcasts the second and fourth Tuesday of every month. Join us on blogtalkradio.com backslash BDPA. BDPAI Radio showcases IT entrepreneurs, technology experts, and computers. What is BDPAI Radio showcases IT entrepreneurs, technology experts. What do Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, and Mark Zuckerberg have in common? They all learned computer coding before high school. Fun Mutation has taught more than 1,000 kids to code through their summer tech camps. Fun Mutation uses their trademark team's approach so that kids can experience technology, engineering, arts, math, and sciences in a fun and non-threatening way. Tech camps run only during the summer, so register now at www.funmutation.com or call 216-378-9035. Sorry, to keep the camps fun, no adults allowed. Fun Mutation Academy LLC, making the world computer smarter. What do Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, and Mark Zuckerberg have in common? They all learned computer coding before high school. Fun Mutation has taught more than 1,000 kids to code through their summer tech camps. Fun Mutation uses their trademark team's approach so that kids can experience technology, engineering, arts, math, and sciences in a fun and non-threatening way. Tech camps run only during the summer, so register now at www.funmutation.com or call 216-378-9035. Sorry, to keep the camp fun, no adults allowed. Fun Mutation Academy, LLC, making the world computer smarter. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.